Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast where we talk all things menopause. And this podcast is being recorded just before Christmas, and it's being played just after Christmas. So it's time to think about the new year. And I want to entitle this particular episode, New Year, New Habit. There's some common wisdom around New Year's resolutions, and I don't think it's completely right. Every year, a lot of people make a New Year's resolution, and they're going to change something in their lives. Some of the most common include quitting smoking, losing weight, exercising more, stopping swearing, spending more time with their family. They're all personal development, personal growth habits that we like to get to. And the common wisdom is that most of them fail, so why bother? It's the old, I go to the gym all the time, and if I go to the gym in January, it's completely packed. I'm just going to wait till February when it clears out and it's back to its regular self. There's a lot of lot to be said for that. But, and the trend around a lot of entrepreneurs is to choose a word of the year to kind of set their theme around. And that's supposed to guide their efforts for the year. And, but here's the thing, most of those fail and most resolutions fail. In fact, about 80% of all resolution, New Year's resolutions fail before the end of January. Here's the thing, if 80% fail, 20% are still affecting people's lives. They're still working on that new change in themselves at the end of January. And if they've stuck it that long, it's a, there's a good chance that that habit is actually going to stick. So it's a lot higher than the average Monday, I'm going on a diet on Monday. Research shows that change, new habits, deleting old habits, stick better when they're paired with a life boundary. And the bigger the boundary, the more likely it is to have the change stick. So Mondays is a boundary. It's the new week, but it's a little boundary. And you can say every Monday is a new boundary. So every day is a new boundary. Every meal is a new boundary, but it's, those are pretty small. They come around very frequently. The first day of the month is bigger. The first day of the year is bigger still. And sometimes you can even pick up a, a boundary that's even bigger than that. Life events like marriage, divorce, birth of a child or a grandchild, graduation from a school program, all of those kinds of things, new jobs, 
all of those kind of things make up for a bigger boundary. And using New Year's is probably one of the more predictable ways of having a new boundary come through. By the way, you can create a new boundary for almost any time, any day. You just have to come up with that thought that this is a new leaf being turned over. So recently I recorded a class, which I call the Habit Master Class, for my clients where I talk about the science of change and habit and practical plans for making change work by incorporating that science. And I want to share with you just some of the tips that I use in that class so that you can see how some of the science goes into making new habits. So tip one, select your boundary and prepare for it. So if you're going to pick Monday, you want to make sure that you use the weekend to prepare for that. If you, That's why I'm putting this episode out on the 26th of December and not on January 1st or 2nd when you'll actually try and implement the change. That's why I'm talking about it now before that change comes up uh, or before that boundary comes up. So if you decide to start uh, an exercise program on January 2nd, by the way, I think that January 2nd is a better day to start than January 1st because there's so much going on and there's so it's so easy to get distracted and say, okay, I've already blown it. Why? Why bother? But you want to take the steps to make sure everything is in place to make sure that you actually are stepping forward into that new habit. So if it's if it's an exercise plan, it's in your planner for the time that you're going to go, you have your equipment, your clothing available, you know what you're going to do, you know where you're going to do it, because for many of us, it's winter and it's not possible to do it outside. Like if you wanted to start a running habit, you might have to start in the gym or at an exercise center or something like that where you're traveling as opposed to just walking out the door. So be prepared. If it's a diet, make sure that you have the foods and the recipes and all of those things in place. And if it's something like quitting smoking, then you're going to want to think about whether or not you're doing nicotine gum or whether you're just going to stop making sure that you don't have cigarettes available, making sure that none of your enablers have will be lending you cigarettes, that sort of thing. Quitting is hard. This is tip number two. Quitting is hard. Replacing your bad habit or the habit you want to get rid of is much easier. So I did this recently. I found out through some testing, personal testing, that coffee was creating some gastrointestinal distress. It was creating acid reflux. And I was just drinking too much coffee. And I would get up in the morning and I'd have three or four cups of coffee. Yeah, that sounds like a lot it is. So what I had to do was replace that habit of drinking coffee until I was tired of drinking hot stuff in the morning. It was The hot beverage was very comforting. It was really nice. It was a slow and easy way to start my day. So what I did was I changed the way I made my coffee. So I only make one cup at a time with a Keurig now. I make the coffee. I sit and drink the coffee. But then I replaced additional cups of coffee with tea. And I also changed where I sat to drink my morning coffee. And I changed my morning companion, who is now my cat, who loves this new exercise, by the way. And she'll come and sit with me while I'm drinking my coffee and tea and purr at me and make me happy. So change your habit by replacing the bad thing with something that you prefer 
that's at least going to have at least a little bit of reward. And by the way, kittens are very rude. Okay, so tip number three, 21 days is a myth. You may have heard the old story that says it takes 21 days to create or break a habit. I wish that were true. This was taken from a study where they where they put a very, very small habit that had a very large reward into somebody's day just to test how long this little mini habit would take to stick. Something like maybe putting a scoop of chocolate or something into your coffee cup and drinking a mocha instead of a coffee. That, If you like chocolate, that's a very rewarding in and of itself. It can get, it could be a habit very quickly. Or a complex habit that takes a lot of effort to do and to maintain. It's more like six months. Could even be a year. That habit can be in danger for a very long time. And you may have to really, really, really work at keeping that habit going. I wish I could say that it's super easy and that 21 days, three weeks, less than a month would do it, but it's not. You need it. So we're going to talk about some of the other things. Tip four, make a plan for the inevitable challenges. So if you're trying to diet or quit sugar, which is you know, a worthwhile choice is to get rid of sugar as much as possible. You may find yourself saying, you may find yourself with walking in to a work break room where they have maybe your favorite sticky buns or king cakes. For me living in New Orleans, it's king cakes in January and February. Uh, You may find yourself out at a birthday party where they bring a favorite kind of cake. You may find yourself standing and talking to somebody at a desk and they have a candy dish full of your favorite candies and you reach for them without even thinking about it. So you want to make a plan for two things. One, how to resist that challenge. What can you do to make that challenge less easy to break your habit? So perhaps it's keeping something in your desk that will make it hard for you to eat that particular thing. Maybe it's gum. Gum is one of those things that smokers use all the time to avoid that smoking habit. Maybe it's uh, walking away. Maybe it's just being aware of where those challenges are in your life, in your day and where you're likely to run into that sort of thing. The second thing you need to make a plan for is what happens when you give in. How are you going to reframe that? How are you going to see it as not as a failure, but as an inevitable stumble on your path to better you, that you're aware of it and you can do something about it and how you're going to pick up and move forward. My last tip is to be accountable. So if you're not accountable to yourself or someone else, it's really easy to mess up. And whether or not you choose to be accountable to yourself or to someone else has a lot to do with who you are as a person who can change. And in that course that I did, I talked a lot about what your change personality is, whether you're a rebel, whether you're very compliant, or whether you your internal compulsion to do something is more important to you than your external. And also, I also talk about who personalities. 
of changing. And whether you jump in with all four feet, whether you think about it, whether you need a rationalization, whether you need to understand the changes. So the course covers a lot more than just these few tips. And I would love for you, if you have some big changes that you want to make, especially around your menopause, especially around your menopause journey, about taking charge of your wellness, about being really, really in a good place as you go through menopause. We'll talk a lot about that on this podcast, about how health and truly being well makes it easier to control and ditch the symptoms you're feeling. If that's something that you'd like to have a chat with me about, I invite you to sign up in the links below for a free Back to Me hormone review, where we'll talk about what your hormones are doing and get you moving forward in taking control, maybe by changing some of your habits in your menopause journey. I'm including three things I'm smiling about in every podcast these days, because it's so important for us to see the good, good things that are happening in their lives. So my first thing today, I am still visiting with my grandchildren. And last night, we yesterday, we went and cut a Christmas tree. I haven't done that in ages. I've been putting up artificial trees for various reasons at my house. And so we got to cut a Christmas tree and decorate it. It's lots of fun with two small children. The second thing I'm smiling about today was being able to go skiing this week. Again, something that I haven't done in a very long time. Felt great to get out on the slopes, to be active in that particular way. And the third thing I'm smiling about is that I get to go home before Christmas and I get to be with the people, with the person I love the most, my husband, Jesse, our dog, our cat, who I'm sure are kind of getting tired of not having that morning break with me. I'm Joan Andrus. This is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Please, if you if you found this podcast helpful, leave a re- rating and review, and I will see you next week with a whole new topic. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you. 